Hey everybody, welcome to the Perfect Concert Playlist. This episode and the next one are going to be really interesting because we're going with singer-songwriters of the 70s and we had a long list of ones to choose from and Ron and I kind of, uh, we try to align, but there's going to be a little bit of cross-streaming like a Ghostbusters. We're going to blow it up! <laughs> um, so I went first last time, so what are your first three so, uh, singer-songwriters if you were to build your Perfect Concert Playlist? Perfect concert playlist. Uh, I've had uh, Paul Simon, Randy Newman, and James Taylor. Okay. I did not go for James Taylor. He's just too wimpy for me. Too wimpy? Yeah, I don't know. I could get into him. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right, so where would we start with? So I don't know who I would put first, to be honest, because these are all... I don't know. I guess a lot of them did do their um, a lot of concerts, I guess. But oh boy, let's start with James Taylor, shall we? Okay. Let's start with James Taylor. All right. So a lot of standards here, but um, a few standouts. I want to mention that I actually, you know, with this is singer songwriters of the seventies. Now, do we have to stay in the seventies? No, it's just it, that's kind of like their heyday. That's good. That's good. Okay, so Fire and Rain, of course, has got to be uh, James Taylor. Um, Steamroller Blues. Uh, Country Road. And these are in no particular order because I couldn't figure out how to... How yeah, I, I almost gave up too. <laughs> by anything. I mean, uh, You've Got a Friend is one of my all-time favorites. This is a new one I never heard, at least I don't recall ever hearing before. It's called Me and My Guitar. It's about my guitar is always there for me, that sort of thing, whenever I'm, whenever I'm in need type of thing. It's, it's yeah. a very cool song. Uh, How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, off of a weird album called Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Shower the People, totally forgot he sang that song. Shouldn't have forgot that he sang that song, because it's very much his voice. <laughs> but uh, Your Smiling Face, Every Day. Uh, no, I actually have 12 of his songs. Sorry. Okay. I don't care. But I make up for it in the other two because um, don't have as many. Uh, only One, Never Die Young. And this one's off of a band, uh, an album from 2007 called Something in the Way She Moves. Uh, that could very much be a cover because that sounds like a another song. Yeah. But... I didn't really look into it deeper. I just—it didn't sound familiar to me. Because when I think, when I hear that title, I think of something in the you know, what she moves. Yeah, it's not that song. So anyway, that's my list for James Taylor. All right. So my my singer and songwriter that you didn't have uh, is Jimmy Buffett. So I might as well start off with his. Um, I really thought I was going to end up with way more. Um, because, I mean, good gravy. Of all of these guys, I think he's had the most output. I mean, you know, though, to be fair, if you look through his Spotify, every other album is a live album or, or a collection. Yeah. Um, of course, his big period of time where he was very successful was, you know, late 70s. He started off, you know, uh, kind of more folksy, slower. Uh, then around 75, 76, he really started tapping into, you know, where he grew up and where he was going to be is, you know, the islands. So... You know, more mythical stories and, and funny stuff and lots of food. Like him and Weird Al are a contest for food-oriented or drink-oriented <laughs> consumables. Right. Um, 
Sing about what you love. Yeah. So, uh, of course, he had his huge revival in the the early 90s with, like, Banana Wind and stuff like that, which is when I started listening to him because my dad had a couple of his tapes. Uh, sadly, we lost him, what, a few months ago, I think it was? Two yeah. months ago? Yeah. Uh, but, man, what a prolific career. Also wrote uh, this book called Hoots, which uh, my sister's a fan of because it got turned to a really good kids movie, if you have if you like that stuff. Um so some of these are going to be obvious, but I'm going to get a little deeper into his catalog. Uh, starting off, Cheeseburger in Paradise. It just seems like a good one. Everybody knows Cheeseburger in Paradise. Get you excited and happy. Get you going. Uh, then we're going to go into Knee Deep, which is a little more obscure, but it's a fun song. Finn's uh, all about the dating scene, being the only girl at a, at a club where it's just men. Or maybe I think it's a metaphor for any place where it's just you're out. <laughs> you're, you're the bait and they're the sharks. And you're like, uh, I got to go. <laughs> Um, Volcano, Mexico, which may be a cover. Is that a cover of someone else? Ooh, Mexico. It's probably a James Taylor song. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my head hurts, my feet stink, and I don't love Jesus, which is about being hungover on Sunday morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Schoolboy Heart. I wrote Volcano twice. Son of a biscuit. Uh, oh, scratch that. <laughs> she wrote Volcano twice. <laughs> All right. Um, the weather... Oh, my God. I can't even read my handwriting. The weather is here. Wish you were beautiful. I don't know what even that means. I think it's, it's a drunk song again. Like, a lot of these songs are drunk. Yeah. Being on the island. Uh, boat drinks down at the la-di-da. And then, of course, any... I mean, how can you not? I know it's cliche, but Margaritaville. Come on, man. It's the song that... It's so funny how... He really wasn't that successful when it came to chart-topping songs. I think Son of a Son of a Sailor. That's the one I'll throw in since I had yep. to take out Volcano. Um, is that he was a marketing wizard. He knew he had this audience of, uh, like, retirees. You know, the, um, oh, damn, what was the generation they called again? Uh, the Post-World War II. Uh, baby boomers. That, like, baby he boomers, tapped into yeah. that audience. And it hit restaurants. Uh, having that food in grocery stores, you know, clothing. Uh, I think he even had like uh, stuff you could take out during the summer, like inflatable floats or whatever, like flamingos and stuff like that. The guy was a genius when it came to marketing. Or he hired the right people to think of the marketing. Uh, that is it for we, me with uh, Jimmy Buffett. I'll say that's one of our go-to places when we head down to Tennessee to visit my daughter is Margaritaville. Yeah. There's one in Vegas I've been to. It's fantastic. Up here, but it wasn't as great. <laughs> I remember. I feel like we were on our way up. It was me, you, and Dave, and we were going up to Michigan, and there was a Margaritaville up there or something, and we saw a limo outside of it, and we convinced ourselves that it was Jimmy Buffett. It might have been. I have no idea. <laughs> it's possible. Do you remember this at all? No. <laughs> I don't remember where it was, but I know it was a Margaritaville. I remember Dave also had, he's the one who was really into Jimmy Buffett because he bought that, do you remember that massive collection he had with like the six CDs or something like that of ballads and stuff like that? And yeah, so this is another one where it's kind of an an ode to our friend. Definitely. All right, who was- Was that impromptu road trip to Michigan? That was the impromptu road trip where he lost his razor (laughs) at the campsite. And I think, is that where we climbed the mountain and we realized that we can only do that when we're younger? Or the, the not the well, mountain, we can, the well, sand dunes. Still do it. It's just longer. It's probably the last time. Yeah. <laughs> now I would have to take a nap halfway through. Like, just wheel me up. 
too. I'm, I'm sitting there trying to show you how it's done running down the hill, and <sighs> I killed myself doing so. Yeah, yeah. You spent six <laughs> days pulling the sand out of your toes. <laughs> well, that's part of going to Michigan. Yeah, that's, that's true. The, Anyway, <laughs> you could be the most careful possible, and you will have sand in everything. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. How is it in my ears? I was standing the whole time. <laughs> All right, who's next? All right, so next up on my list, I have Paul Simon. Uh, of course, you gotta have. You can call me Al. Oh, absolutely. That's my favorite song. I love the video. The video is a big seller for him. Yes, yes. I think Paul Simon is probably one of my favorite of, the, of all the picks here, because um, they're all fun, you know, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you can call me Al. I've got me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Kodachrome, Graceland. Um, I got a lot of songs off. There goes Ryman Simon from '73, and he—that's a really good album. Uh, Loves me like a rock. Um. I kind of jump around with that one there, but uh, still crazy after all these years. My little town, slip sliding, uh, American tune, and this one I really love. I totally forgot about this song. I knew it existed years ago, but after having a son of my own, this song has a little more meaning to it. But it's called Saint Judy's Comet. Yeah, okay. It's kind of a lullabyish song. Uh huh. Um, trying to get your kid to go to sleep type of thing, you know. <laughs> Anyway, and uh, Learn How to Fall is one of my favorite ones there. And that's all I've got for him. I dipped in. I, I grabbed a couple from when he was with Garfunkel, so that's a little cheating. Um, well, actually, I think Mrs. Robinson. Is Cecilia his, or is that a Garfunkel? Oh, uh, 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 the duo. I don't know. I was like, that's what I'm saying. Like, even If you go with Paul Simon alone, you got a big playlist, a uh, big what do you call it? Um, portfolio to choose from. Yeah. But then you add Garfunkel into the mix and there's even more. You know, just is is what that's why he's one of my favorites. The nice part is since he is I shouldn't say I'm dipping into the duo because he owns song rights too. So if you see them in concert, I'm pretty sure that he's gonna sing those too. The only one he probably can't get away with is Bridge Over Troubled Water because it's so known as a duo. Okay. Um right. but so I start off with Cecilia uh, then Mrs. Robinson. Um, then, then I go into you know the more the stuff that when he was solo is loves me like a rock. Fifty ways to leave your lover. Me and Julio. There is a really good ska cover uh, from a band called Streetlight Manifesto. They're a bunch of high school kids that just end up going pro. Uh, so they add huge horns to the Me and Julio. It's it's it, it, it speed up the pace. I am very intrigued to hear this. Yes, uh, I have a friend. They're big on harmonies and uh, uh, huge uh, horns. Streetlight Manifesto, they mostly do covers, but they do ska versions of those songs. Um, Sweet. So Kodachrome was stuck in my head for a week. I would get up to go to the bathroom and be humming this, and uh, thank God I finally shook it loose. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, you can call me Al. Um, Yeah. Late in the evening, uh, by the way, I expect from now on the rest of the podcast you to refer me to as Al. (laughs) Uh, Late in the evening, a little more obscure one, uh, slip sliding away, still crazy after all these years. Now, I thought about ending it there, but then uh, Oblivious Child is a little more obscure, and I thought it was kind of like come back on stage and do it. It's a a good song. Yep, definitely. All right, what's next? I probably would have thrown into like a... uh... Where you're doing kind of a wind down thing in the middle of the concert or something, that sort of thing, you know? Just yeah. kind of come out, just him, 
band's taking a break him and a guitar you know that would be cool right you know his Graceland that whole era that early 80s he's really uh, one of the few guys that was tapping into an African sound which slowly through the 80s would start being you know you, you start feeling some more of that that in Australian like more um, international sounds being added to pop music yes when I was in the 80s when, when, when Miami Sound Machine became really big too yeah um, well I think MTV you know, Latin beat yeah MTV really helped because yeah. they didn't have a huge selection of videos available to them they just grabbed whatever yeah. was available and it turns out a lot of them were from international like Australia sold them like 10 videos and you know European you know they all these countries had some videos they could sell I mean Menudo would they be anybody if they weren't yeah. able to sell themselves you know because of the videos they had Though I've never actually a lot listened of people to made it big being able to actually it's what it just goes to prove that you know music can take you there you can do that with your imagination can take you so far but you put it in some sort of other media and boom now you're there yeah you know? alright Randy Newman what's that way the other, but take that whichever way you'd like it I mean one, one would argue that's not a good thing because anyway but because a lot of times in our imaginations we think we see it one way and then we see it on screen we're like well that's not how I saw it yeah <laughs> a Masters of the Universe movie anybody <laughs> that's not what I expected um, Randy Newman is our last artist go ahead Randy Newman it's a gentleman I totally I don't know why I didn't make the, the Disney connection here for the longest time oh the, my god that's all he's been known for for like the last 30 years I didn't realize right. he did so much Disney, though. But, uh, wasn't that, I guess it did start out Disney, would it? but you know what I mean. But anyway, so we dug way back, and I he's back in the like early 70s, so a lot of these are new to me. However, he did do a song called Mama Told Me Not To Come. I did not know that was his. Oh, wow. I didn't, yeah, who is that, Doobie Brothers? Right? Uh, to, no? uh, Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night. Who did you Three tell me night. was... You said he came from a whole family of musicians. Who was his father or grandfather? Uh, his father... Oh, man. I, I'd have to look that up. But um, they were all composers for movies. Okay. Like his, his, was his father and his grandfather, right? And then one of them, the, one of the two had a brother who also did. Okay. So it's, like, it's, it's a family of... Com- <laughs> Um, movie composers, if you will. So it makes um, sense that he would eventually be so closely tied to film studios. Definitely. Or he probably had that foot in the door, definitely. Um, and he did, it's not like he was like handed to him in such a way that like he didn't deserve it, obviously. Yeah. He did a really good job. I know, um, I know, I Love LA was a single on its own, and it did well. But I didn't know of Randy Newman, or I never even heard that song until I saw Naked Gun. And I'm pretty sure that's the one that plays at the very end at the baseball game. Yeah. Which one again? I Love L.A. Because I think I believe it takes place at Dodger Stadium. I think so. I'm not 100% sure on that one. I'm going to have to look it up. But go ahead. What is your list? All right. So number one is Have You Seen My Baby? No. And then Mama, Mama Told Me Not <laughs> To Come. Lucinda. That's a Joe Cocker uh, he covered it actually. I thought okay. he was sick covering Joe Cocker, but actually he wrote it. Um, uh, Joe Cocker released his version in '75, and I think it's probably the more popular one. But um, really good tune, uh, kind of bluesy. Uh, it's a jungle out there. 
this is one of those songs that didn't make the connection to. I'm like, I know that voice. I've heard that voice before, but I can't place it for the life of me. But you watch Monk? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's the theme song. It's oh. by Randy Newman. I had no clue. Huh. Um, <laughs> but I saw, I've only ever heard that song in the short form version on the show. I've never heard the full version of it. Um, Sail Away. Uh, from 72 the story of a rock and roll band the fun one something special and then I uh, unfortunately started cheating and getting into this original soundtrack music because they're fun I, that's, um, what, that's what I went with I love his music from <laughs> Toy Story and Bugs Life and you know, what he did like four or five of them I think oh yeah uh, you've got a friend of me of course Strange Things those are both from Toy Story The Time of Your Life from A Bugs Life and then Crazy About My Baby from Meet the Fockers. <laughs> Which I've, ne- I've never seen. <laughs> it's a fun song, and that's my list for Randy Newman. All right, well, Time of the time of Your Life is the one I started off with. Uh, I, I love Bugs Life. I think Bugs Life is the most underrated of the Pixar movies. No one ever talks that's about fun. it. It never really launched anything. Um, we do. Uh, did I go see that with you? I feel like I did. I don't know, but it's one of our favorites around here. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore and I Love LA. He did like three or four songs about cities, but these two are the best. Um, Mr. President is a really good one. Uh, we Belong Together, which what that's from Toy Story 3, I think. Yep. Uh, Rider on the Rain is really good. It's an older one from like the mid-70s. Oh, amazing. Um, did you hear that one? Yes. Okay. And you've got a friend in me. I don't have a long list, but you know that just seems like kind of the you gotta have that one. I'm sorry, you you've got a friend in me is a fun one to play around here on the guitar. Yeah, the guitar. I didn't expect you to say that. I expected you to say piano. No, I don't play piano. You did <laughs> you, so. you You did play a little bit though. I remember when we were kids. Yeah, I had someone teach me a little bit here and there to be dangerous, but I I I couldn't read sheet music. No, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it for this episode. We'll be back with the second half of our American singer-songwriters. That's a clue for the third part coming later. Shh.